Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What kind of programs does this school have? How are the test scores? How many kids do a classroom? Homes.com knows these are all things you ask when you're home shopping as a parent. That's why each listing on Homes.com includes extensive reports on local schools, including photos, parent reviews, test scores, student-teacher ratio, school rankings, and more. The information is from multiple trusted sources and curated by Homes.com's dedicated in-house research team. It's also you can make the right decision for your family. Homes.com. We've done your homework. I, I come from the tradition of willpower Christianity. Our holiness is measured one for one with how well we can suppress our desires. It doesn't have to be sex. It could be eat that cake or drink that wine or whatever it is. We're willpower Christians. And when we get to heaven, God will say, good job. Here's all the wine and the cake and the sex that you could want. Because that's the fucked up game I designed. Okay, thanks for being here on The Road to Somewhere, where we talk about exploration, adventure, major life change, and transformation. It's about not necessarily knowing where we're going, but having faith that the journey will be worthwhile. I am Lisa Oz. And I am Jill Erzig, and I have to say that one of my favorite things about our relationship and doing this podcast together, Lisa, is that it is such a great opportunity to laugh at ourselves, and I think you are... You may be, of all my friends, the most willing, what do we call it, self-laugher? <laughs> yes, I am a self-laugher. I'm a constant source of comedy to myself. <laughs> but it's just so helpful. Oh, my God. Thank heavens. Thank heavens for humor. What well, would it be? How would we deal? Well, how much would we drink? <laughs> <laughs> a lot. So much. Well, thank heavens for our guest today because he is so funny. Um, we are going to be talking. We are talking to Pete Holmes, the famous comedian, celebrity, star of Crashing, and author of the brilliant book, Comedy Sex God. Pete Holmes, thank you so much for being with us yeah, today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I didn't know if I was chiming in yet. Do you laugh at your own jokes or you laugh at your own foibles? Both. <laughs> Don't you? Which happens more? No, I laugh at myself constantly. Um, I think the foibles are funnier. My foibles are funnier than my jokes, that's for sure. Yeah. But when you said Lisa laughs at herself more than anybody you uh, know, do you mean that she's noticing herself or she's making little clever turns of phrase or whatever? Or is I, it both? I, no, I don't. I don't. I don't. I definitely don't laugh at my own jokes. That's She's really that's funny. So, that's <laughs> so tasteless. There's plenty of her just saying like 
and and I did that, and yeah. that's crazy, and you're well, laughing harder than anybody. Well, I'm so happy you're here. (laughs) Oh, good. I love talking to you on Mehmet's podcast. That was one of my favorite interviews. I'm so happy to hear that. I was in the middle of the throes of press, as I know you know what that's like, and and that was a bright spot. Not that any of them were bad, but... No, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) All joyful. That's your press I did was a a mitzvah. It was amazing. (laughs) Um, but I really loved ducking in and talking with you guys, and I didn't uh, know you, and, and I feel like we connected and enjoyed. We did. I mean, I know old Dr. Mehmet from from Crashing, and he was great, but I, I had no idea that we would connect as much as we did, and I feel like we did. I do, too. I loved it. And one of the things that I thought was very funny and we connected over was the title of your book, which is Comedy, Sex, God. Although yeah. <laughs> it's comedy, sex, God, but we were joking about how it could easily be comedy, sex, God. Right, which sounds like Russell Brand's book. Uh, <laughs> sound, like, sound like my book. Um, yeah, I, I've thought about it many times. I sort of, I don't really regret it, but I wish I could have called it comedy and sex and God. You know how people have those t-shirts that have all the ampersands on it? (laughs) It would have cleared it up, you know, and it would have been sort of in vogue. Yeah, but after reading your book, I kind of think you, it is comedy, sex, God, you and the threesome and the whole thing. I mean, it's it's pretty hot. (laughs) I mean, there's, there's, there's allusions to sex, but never sex godness. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I'm you not. might be you might be gaining some book sales by <laughs> implying that you are a well, comedy sex god. You're right on the money, ladies. <laughs> like we wanted it to be a joke. We wanted it to be something that people would talk about and wonder, hey, is this asshole calling himself a comedy sex god? <laughs> but at least that gives it some sort of itch, some reason to pick it up, you know. When when I interviewed you before, I had I have to admit, <clears throat> I had not read your book. The producer had given yeah. us a summary and given us like what talking points and everything. And but I read it very carefully this time, multiple parts over and over again. And I've got to say, I think comedy, sex, and God in the title. Forget about the ampersands is one word because for you they're the same thing, and that's what. I'm going to say fucking here, blew me away about this book this time <laughs> because you had one one word, one sentence that combined all the words, which was horniness was the teaching. It wasn't in the way of the spiritual work. It was the spiritual work. And that's comedy, sex, and God all embodied in one thing, which was so intense for me yeah. anyway. Yeah, you got you to gotta explain that. You have to, you have to piece that out <laughs> no, for the audience who might not be familiar with how all those things no, come together for you. That's all you need is that sentence. Um, Well, I mean, comedy, sex, and God are so linked to me. Specifically, sex and God are so linked to me. Growing up um, evangelical, and I enjoyed a lot of that time, but there was some, not some, there was a lot of baggage around the topic of sex when it came to God. Because I say in the book, I say I didn't have a hard time not um, lying or stealing or, or hurting people. Because I, I genuinely wanted to be a sweet person and a good person. But when it came to sex, that, w- that was the only sin, and I'm putting quotes around that, that you had a biological component like linked to it. And I, I mean, I barely remember how horny 14-year-old boys are. <laughs> but I was a 14-year-old boy. And, and at the same time, my spirituality was blossoming. So being told that like you, Richard Rohr actually says that this is by design 
that the church is sort of not maliciously, but they're looking for a foothold. They're looking for some sort of codependent way to hook people in and link people in. And they've always sort of used shame and the sins, as he says, again, in quotes, the sins of the body. These are the, people have shame about their bodies. People have shame about their sexuality. I joke, this is why we, they have the book, everybody poops. There's like, there's shame <laughs> that needs to be salved uh, about our bodies. So when I was told that God loved me, but don't sin or he'll send me to hell. And I was like, okay, no problem. I won't sin. But then every morning, a new batch of hormones bubbled up with it. <laughs> it was really, it became really, really psychologically and physically traumatic to try and um, earn the love of a very judgmental and, and conditional God that I had been, that had been explained to me. So throughout the book it sort of takes you through my evangelical upbringing, takes you through my uh, divorce takes you through losing my faith. But then I think way more importantly, it takes you into rebuilding my faith, which is usually the part um, that a lot of people, uh, unfortunately, or whatever, they don't get to that. A lot of comedians I know have the story of like, and then I realized there was no old man in the sky. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> we all realized that. We all got that. Like, it's okay. Like, it doesn't have to be that image. Like, you know, we can't dismiss the rich tradition of mysticism and spirituality with one sentence, which is what most people are doing. It's like, you really mean to tell me that this is this, this. like, can we stop throwing Jesus out with the bathwater or, or <laughs> Krishna out with the bathwater or Buddha out with the bathwater? Like what, what is drawing humanity towards these, towards these traditions over and over and over again? And what are we missing from throwing them away? Towards the end of the book, I go on a spiritual retreat at Ramdas's house, Ramdas is a spiritual teacher. He wrote "Be Here Now," and um, I was in his guest house, basically on a hermitage, alone for seven days, basically, except when I would see him. And I got so blindingly horny, and, and there I was to, <laughs> to to do like spiritual work and to be, you know, to meditate and light incense, as as Richard Rohr jokingly calls it, uh, bells and smells. Like I wanted. <laughs> I wanted to feel holy. I wanted to wear Lululemon pants all day, <laughs> be quiet and, and cook little meek meals and eat them in silence. And, and I was, and I saw Ramdas and I had uh, a sober, pretty psychedelic experience sitting with him, which was incredible. And then the day after that, um, feeling so holy and feeling so special, I got 10 out of 10 horny, as horny as I was when I was a kid. <laughs> and I spent, unfortunately, I spent much of the retreat from that point on trying not to masturbate, which is so embarrassing. <laughs> there it was. The issue that I had dealt with so much as a child was reheated on a spiritual pilgrimage. Obviously now with perspective, that seems pretty right on. That seems like, yeah, deal with this. You, you basically just started having sex. You basically just started you got married, you know, like you yielded and, and stopped shaming yourself. And that is a wonderful um, band-aid to put over the wound. But to really work with it, um, I felt very moved to face it and not just face it, but love it. Like really like shine the sun's light, like not a flashlight, the sun on that wound and on that trauma and, and it wouldn't go away until I finally was just like, I love every part of you. I love your sexuality. I love your anger. I love your doubt. I love your fear. And it was just like flooding my body 
with light and consciousness and it completely went away. But of course it came up. The one thing that had always been like a burr on your sock when you go hiking, it was always attached to the issue of spirituality. And then I, I realized I had the end of my uh, book. I didn't intend to do that, but I was very lucky that I got horny on a pilgrimage because it was a good ending. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about horny and pilgrimage. <laughs> Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant... Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers... Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Before the break, we were talking with sex god Pete Holmes <laughs> about getting horny with Ram Dass, which is kind of mm-hmm. sounds kind of creepy, but was really beautiful. And <laughs> you you had an epiphany where, and it's funny because I think comedy for you too is the same thing. It's all about love, being loved, feeling loved, feeling accepted. That's God, right? The source of love, love itself. Comedy, getting love from strangers. And yeah. sex, getting love from the you know the significant people. It's it's really your title. It could have just been love too. Yeah, but aren't, yeah, aren't, it is. I mean, it let is. me ask you though. Most comedians are pretty miserable people. I mean, it's 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 famous as a profession <laughs> for wretched souls drawn are drawn to comedy. We've we've seen that over and over again. You do not seem unhappy. Well, I think it's <laughs> you funny. You seem like the happy comedy. comedian. Because that's very sweet. I, I try to be the everything comedian. 
Um, you get data. It's, you know, it's show business. The, the crowd responds more when you lean this way or that way. So you sort of take that guidance. It's not phoniness, but uh, you guys are in show business. You see like, oh, I think they like it when I play this way as opposed to maybe playing this way. I still do this. I do jokes on stage where like I get angry or, or I may be being a little bit mean. And I can just feel the crowd just kind of going like, this isn't, this doesn't feel quite right. Um, you can do it if you want, but we like it more when you do it this way. So that sort of over two decades of doing stand-up, being true to myself, but also sort of the bumper bowling of doing it for audiences has sort of led to the persona uh, of this guy who is sweet. That, that is who I am. But it's very important to me, kind of weaving in what Lisa was saying, to be the everything person. Like it, I, I, do, I grew up thinking that Jesus was telling us to be nice. And now my spirituality is much, much uh, different. I was going to say deeper. That sounds better. I am going to say deeper. <laughs> it's deeper than that. I, I was just doing a podcast called The Liturgist where I went on a real tear where, where I was like, do you really think Jesus was the only person from, from Galilee or, or Nazareth that was like, that had the brilliant idea to be nice? Like, do you really think that would like spark a revolution that, that it lasted 2000 years? Like he was the first one that was like, hey, be nice. <laughs> we're, we're social creatures. We're designed to be nice in order to like f- watch a reality show, to form alliances and to share resources and, and to just feel good. It feels good to be nice and to a baby and then to other people and to your, your partners. Like being nice is not a revolution. Jesus had such a more exciting thing to say than that. But to weave in your part, Jill, is, is, is that like by doing comedy and getting people to witness and share in all of the feelings that I have and validate them through laughter is very healing to me. I, I think comedy can be used uh, for sort of dark, narcissistic uh, purposes, just like anything, I suppose. But it also can be used as this wonderful healing group therapy where if I tell a joke about, even what I'm doing now, I'm telling a joke about getting horny on a pilgrimage. If you've ever been felt alone and ashamed, because we're all having things like this, there's all like these little dark, they don't happen every day, but there's little dark corners of, of your life. And if somebody in an alpha position, a power position, gets on stage and they have a loud voice, microphone, and they're under lights and they're taller than everybody, that's what a stage is, right? <laughs> Very animalistic. You're also taller than everybody. (laughs) I'm also just taller than everybody. But then I'm on a stage. I mean, consider it. So you are in a power position, but you use that power to uh, communicate your vulnerability and to communicate your frailty and your shame and your worry. That is an an interesting game to play. Whereas, you know, I I love comedy and I love comedians, but sometimes when I go and I watch, I see a lot of people just kind of reaffirming what audiences are already selling to the world, which is like, isn't winning great? Isn't food great? Isn't sex great? Isn't um, being the best great? And everyone's just like, yeah. And I'm like, great. We just, we all just got our, as Richard Rohr or Thomas Burton would say, we all just got our false self reaffirmed. Like we're winners and we look good and it's a date night. And, but I, I, I just, I don't know what it is. I love, I do know what it is, but to be quick, I love going up and talking about, vulnerability. I love talking about fear and shame in a powerful way. And, and I think audiences want to hear that as well. It's, it's, not, it's not like I'm not doing well. I, you can also do well with that sort of stuff. That's what the book is. So we mentioned Richard Rohr and we've mentioned Ram Dass. There was another guru, so to speak, 
although not and not in person, but it, from reading the book, it, one of your big influencers was Joseph Campbell, as was mine. Can you talk a little bit about how he kind of widened your view of God and spirituality? Yeah, I, that's a great place to start. Sometimes you start with Richie Rohr or you start with Ram Dass and it, it sort of alienates people. But the place that I love to start with, with God, which is such a, I completely agree, people have been abused and murdered and uh, repressed with that word. It's, it's a really, can be tricky to use that word. Um, I, I sort of like it. I don't really have those traumas, so I tried to reclaim it. And one of the people that helped me with that was um, Joseph Campbell. So we talked about the man in the sky um, on a cloud, which is nowhere in the Bible. God is never described. God is described as a cloud in the book of Exodus, but he's, he's never described as a man in a throne with a beard on a cloud looking down. That is uh, Zeus. That is Greek. That, and, and the Greek is overlain on the New Testament all the time. Jesus, for example, never said hell. He'd say things like Hades because people knew about Greek mythology. Like that's just a thing. So that still continues to this day when people put down Christians uh, and Christianity. They, they're sort of belittling Zeus. <laughs> um, but what Christian, not, not to say Christianity doesn't have things you can't make fun of. It certainly does. But the, the idea of God is from the Old Testament. When Moses is about to see, well, he's seeing the burning bush and he's talking to God. And he says, what is your name? And God says, I am that I am. So that's it, really. I am that I am. A new age person, um, somebody I love, like Deepak Chopra or somebody would say, this is emness. This is the quality of isness, which we don't have to debate. This is what I love talking about. We don't have to debate. This is it. This is isness. What you are listening with right now, whether you agree with me or disagree with me, it doesn't really matter. The quality of the hum of electricity, of you-ness, behind your thoughts is isness. It's consciousness itself. So we don't have to debate the existence of consciousness. Nobody, it's a waste of time. You're using consciousness to debate it. So consciousness is God. God is then a metaphor or a symbol pointing to the phenomenon, to the mystery of consciousness. So we're all kind of on the same, same side. Science, as I say in the book, science is trying to photograph it. We need that. I'm not putting that down. That is incredibly important, essential, masterful, beautiful work. And I would say is the work of consciousness. It's beautiful. And, that, and that's the good news. It doesn't matter. You don't even have to believe it. There, you can't get away from it. Can you believe <laughs> it? You're soaking in isness. I don't even care how you tell yourself a story about it. You can't escape it. You are part of it. You are in the ocean. When we come back, I want to talk more about the ocean of isness. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, 
Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. We are swimming in the isness with Pete Holmes. You had mentioned the 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 mystery and the the identification with that which is so much bigger than our ego. But I want to talk about one of the ways you got to see that expanse. It would have been the third word if you I mean, fourth word if you could have had a fourth word on the title, which would have been drugs. Yeah. Sex, comedy, God. Drugs, all right. of those. Yeah. Tell us yeah. about your your journey with psychedelics and how that broadened your vision of the universe and isness. You guys are. This is a great interview. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, I was like, oh, I I like what we said, uh, but I feel like we can move on. And you guys are like, it's time to move on, and you moved on to something I love to talk about. <laughs> I just wanted to say that psychedelics. It's interesting. I remember being married to my first wife. I got married when I was 22 and I was very squeaky clean and sweet. But I actually remember where I was when I thought it's weird that I'll never try pot. Like I remember, <laughs> I remember thinking that. And then when my wife and I split my first wife, I sort of felt like the, the game was different than I understood it. I, I thought God was sort of like the mafia. Like if I paid into him and didn't smoke or swear or drink, uh, he would guard my bakery. And then someone threw a, a brick through my bakery window. And I was like, well, this guy's not paying out. You know, like I, th- I thought I thought he didn't hold up his end of the deal. So was, I didn't go on a crazy bender. I, I joke in the book that a Christian on a bender is basically just a regular person. <laughs> I was going out to bars and I'd stay till like 1 a.m. And I was looking around, it was still packed. I was like, did, did all your wives leave you? Like, what? why are we still here? Just, that's what people in their 20s in New York are doing. So I started doing that. And eventually I did smoke pot. And eventually, obviously, and then um, basically my first girlfriend and I went to Bonnaroo. And I, I tell the story, it was with me and Amy Schumer and Reggie Watts and Kurt Braunohler. And they were like, 
someone selling mushrooms. And I didn't, I didn't even know what it was. I had heard a little bit about it, that it was something sort of like pot, I guess, that like makes you feel fuzzy and good. But I knew it was a psychedelic, but I didn't even know what that meant. Like, I think a lot of people think that it means like you, you literally see like cartoon dragons and stuff and how it's portrayed in movies is, you know, God love them. It's, it's a very hard thing to capture, but like puff the magic dragon will fly by. And and that's what a psychedelic is apparently. So that's all I really knew. (laughs) And we bought them from this, like it was a chocolate puck and we ate it and we weighed it. I wasn't intending on it, but I totally had a religious experience. I think they are, um, I want to make sure I get this right, psychedelic. No, there's another word for psychedelics that means mind manifesting. I believe that's what psychedelic means, mind manifesting. So another word for mind could be consciousness. Obviously, your consciousness is sort of flowing through your mind and using your mind, using your DNA, using your personality, using your conditioning. I'm not saying your consciousness is tainted by any of that. It's sort of like the light you shine through the shadow puppet of your brain and and there you are. There's your personality and stuff. But the light is not affected by that. But mind manifesting through in, uh, increased consciousness, <laughs> like it's a bigger shadow puppet show. That's what it was. Um, it's not so much, I didn't see, I didn't see religious imagery. I've tried to explain it since because a lot of people take psychedelics and they come up to me and they say, I don't understand. All I saw was a clown and he just, <laughs> just he kept slapping me with a giant hand. I don't know. How was that a religious experience? You promised and me I, a religious experience. No, I, I, I basically had people say that to me. They're like, what are you talking about? And I go, it's not what you see. It's that you see that you're seeing with something. How you see is manipulated. Your sense of perspective is manipulated. The greatest thing that it does um, is it, it completely turns off the part of your brain that prioritizes. So right now you're in that studio. I'm, I'm in my little back house here. And we are surrounded by things that if you were on mushrooms or if you had a nice good hour-long meditation or if you did all sorts of centering exercises, your eyes would open. That's what Christ says. Christ says, you, you won't say the kingdom of heaven won't come by expectation. You won't see it coming, like coming down the freeway, here comes heaven. He says the kingdom of heaven is here, but people do not see it. So when I took mushrooms, I had a visceral, visceral experience of what he was talking about, meaning heaven or hell doesn't stop and start when you die. It's, it's surrounding us. Potentials for all sorts of realities are surrounding us at the same time. So everything from that perspective would seem beautiful and fascinating and more importantly, alive. Trees sort of get this like breathing feeling. The earth has a breathing feeling. Things that you take for granted, like the fact that we're floating on a space rock in infinity, uh, are no longer just filed away as things to not think about. They become the only thing to think about. Let me slow you down and ask you something here. Like, you went through this crisis moment where your wife left you in spectacular fashion. It sort of cracked the world open for you, lost your faith, and then you were willing to take lots of risks, like smoke pot and you know psychedelics and the rest of it. And also, and it seemed like you did a whole lot of other things that were that sort of led you out onto the thinner ice. How do you now that you are? living a really sort of stable life. You've got this sort of prototypical 
happy life. How do you keep cracking yourself open, or is it no longer necessary? I mean, it just seems like you got so much from that moment. Is it necessary to keep doing it? That's a really great question. You guys should have a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You should come on Um, it. Yeah, I'll come on it. I'm free right now. Um, Well, first of all, I am grateful, and I want to uh, point out, one of the things that I'm grateful for from my, my Christian upbringing was that I went on a bender very responsibly. I couldn't shake that, and I'm glad that I wasn't able to shake that. Um, I, I don't care for some of the puritanical garbage uh, and shame that I got. But, it, you know, all in all, I got a pretty, a pretty decent footing in the world and, and some good self-love and some good self-care. That being said, this book written by another person, the bender part can be much uglier. It can be much more destructive. I'm not even telling people to go on a bender. That's what my, my TV show, uh, Crashing, was sort of about when a sweet guy, like a Christian guy goes on a bender, it's pretty, those are the benders that I'm sort of into. Like it wasn't really the heart of, of depravity. I know people that have gone into the heart of depravity and and found God there too. I was glad that I could sort of Tarzan swing through wildness, picking up a few things here and there without, um, Picking up any any horrible habits or damaging my brain. Or STDs, or, yes. Or STDs, absolutely. <laughs> Knocking uh, somebody up or or whatever it could have been. There's a million things that could have happened. Um, although I was very paranoid about safe sex, so that was not going to happen. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, that anyway, was not a bender. <laughs> if you're paranoid about uh, having safe sex, no, that's, that's a benderette. That's a, I don't know. I, it's a, it's a benderette. <laughs> it was a benderette, and that's a that's a good. Um, that's the difference between despair and like kind of what I would call what we're calling a bender at. Despair is who cares? I'm full of rum. Let's have some unprotected sex. Let's, let's take that pill, even though I don't know what it was. Even the mushrooms involved like a long conversation with everybody that was there. What is it like? How long does it last? What should I do? What if I don't like it? How do I come down? Like everybody... And, and every time I take mushrooms or anything like that, you should see it. it it's almost like uh, on the spectrum how, how you know, pitch perfect I want to make the set and setting, which is just a fancy way of saying do it with people that you love in a place that is comforting to you. Um, but that's, that's, just, that's just medical right there. Um, tell Mehmet I said it. <laughs> but anyway, um, when we're talking about creativity or heart expansion, it can be really nice to go in with this with the sledgehammer and, and have your wife leave you. I know that's kind of a crazy thing to say, but that can be really good for your soul to to get the ground pulled out from under you and have everything change and have everything fall apart and then have some new experiences and even some wild experiences. And my life is, um, I mean, we were joking about the sauna. I was like, nobody with a sauna has good stories. <laughs> but they're different stories. They're like, wow, I got a real good sweat going. Like that is that these are boring stories. I what I'm saying is I'm a boring, I'm pretty boring now. But having a, a daughter and uh is is incredible work for me. In fact, I would say since she's been born, um, my spiritual life has been hugely amplified by it. Because one of the things that uh, about having a baby is that you realize that it's not so much, uh, it's not about you anymore. 
and all of spirituality is about trying to realize your interconnectedness with with oneness, basically, that we're all in one thing together. That the, I say in the book that this is, we see ourselves as separate beings walking around, but it's more helpful to think of it for me as an undulating fountain. And you are your little you know, piece of water in it, doing it perfectly based on your chemistry, your conditioning, your history. You are unfolding, as the Taoists would say, perfectly lawfully. You are being Lisa Oz perfectly. Like it is lawful. It is happening. It is all one thing. So having a baby and seeing yourself quite literally in another person, my baby looks quite a bit like me. I have a joke about that where it almost feels impolite (laughs) um, to my wife. She looks like my wife too, but I mean, she really looks like me. And you have that like, oh, there's a piece of my heart in this, that is spirituality. When, when Val and I got married, it was in our vows. We didn't know, but we both used this line from Ramdas that we like where I said, I see you in there, meaning the real you behind all of, all of the nonsense. And I see me in the baby. And the more people that I can be in love with, I mean, be in love. I don't necessarily mean Hallmark in love. I mean, be in love with them. The more I see myself out here, and the more I'm obsessed, the less I'm obsessed with fucking Pete and his stupid story. <laughs> this is all we have in the West is, is glamour and beauty. And should I this? And should I, how can I look powerful? How can I look important? How can I, oh, my, my TV show is canceled. How can I get another one? I need to put another flag in the mountain so everyone knows that I'm King Dick, right? That's, that's what we have. And then you have brokenness and, and humility and surrender into the multiversal <laughs> oneness. And having a baby has been way more reality shattering. And I mean that in the best way um, than any bender or any psychedelic I've ever taken. And I'll say sitting with a baby who is so steeped in presence I went and saw Eckhart Tolle talk and it reminded me of my baby. And that's a very high compliment to Eckhart. And I actually just went on another <laughs> retreat with, with Ramdas and he reminds me of my baby. These are people that are just here. The needle is on the record. They're not, they're not playing the next song. They're right here. And that is my baby. And that is a great teacher. And I see too many, I'm going to get judgmental, but I see too many parents on their phones or trying to placate. And I understand sometimes we need breaks from our babies. But there's a great opportunity on that mat in the morning with the toys to just go. Eckhart Tolle says, the present moment is your life. It's insanity to go, once this baby goes down, then I'll be happy. This is what's happening. And how you feel about this, how we feel about this, that's how you feel about your life. This is your life. It's not at the end of the day when you go back and replay Oh, how was the podcast? Say, well, it was okay. He talked a lot. And, you know, it, it's not that. It's this. So, on a mat with a baby that doesn't yet have all those defenses and all of those stories to sell me, I'm this. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a all the all the labels. She just is isness. So we already talked about. She just is consciousness. She just is God, or the light of God. That is way better than any $1,500 spiritual retreat. And you can make one for free. I don't recommend it <laughs> unless, unless you're really 
<laughs> Unless you're really ready, but uh, you know, it's, well, it's available. Like, like a lot of things, it's available. Well, hanging with you has been like being with your baby because it has been awesome. And it's been we like have, rolling around on the yeah, mat. And, and we have just bathed in the isness of Pete Holmes. So thank you very, very <laughs> it much. Really, it brought me there. One of the reasons I love talking about it and I get so excited is I know by unpacking it with you guys, It brings me there too. So this was a great way to start my day. Thank you. The Road to Somewhere is recorded in New York City. Make sure to share, subscribe, rate, and review us. We would love to hear from you. Where are you on your journey? Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at pod2somewhere. And email us at roadtosomewhere at iheartmedia.com. Special thanks to Alicia Haywood, our incredible producer. Thanks, everyone, for joining us on the road to somewhere. We're available on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.